Are you ready to manage your work and personal world better to live a fulfilling, productive life? Then you've come to the right place. Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity. Here are your hosts, Ray Sidney Smith and Augusto Pinaud with Francis Wade and Art Gelwicks. Welcome back, everybody, to Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity. I'm Ray Sidney Smith, and I'm joined here today with my co-host, Augusto Pinaud. How's it going, Augusto? It's going awesome. Good morning. How are you today? Good day. How's it going, Francis? Francis Wade. Good. Good. Great to be here. Fantastic. So in the last episode, we talked about morning routines. So if you haven't yet listened to that episode, I highly recommend that you hop back over there and listen to us discuss the importance of sort of defining routines. So we defined routines and the importance and benefits of having a routine. In this episode, we're going to kind of continue that conversation and switch that to the afternoon and or evening routine. Now, we're just going to lump this under evening routines, even though it could possibly cover some of our late afternoon activities. And what we're going to do is just go round robin again, as we did last episode, and talk about each of our various routines. So I think I mentioned in the last episode that I plan, I make a schedule for the day. Um, I use a number of tools to do that, including Outlook, Skedpal, and I go to my I, I go to my Evernote sort of plan for the week. Um, so the mornings tend to be fairly well executed according to plan. However, the afternoon is when everything sort of goes to heck. I lose steam at around about one o'clock thereabouts and go into like an extended crash. So I'd have lunch at about one, one thirty is my normal routine. And that's probably the last productive thing I do for the day because I, I start early and I, you know, I go full steam ahead until about one thirty. break for lunch. I don't do anything brain related for lunch. Usually I'm usually watching something on Netflix or fooling around on, on Facebook or now and again, I might do a bit of heavy reading, but I usually I'm pretty tired. Um, and then in the afternoon, I try to, to stick to active activities like returning phone calls, um, short term things like paying the bills. I actually have a designation in Skedpal for what's called a, a, um, a time map zone in the afternoon called dead, dead, brain dead activities. So I, I shove all my branded activities into the afternoon because it's it's highly unlikely that I'll do anything that really really involves any heavy lifting. Errands I prefer to do them in the afternoon. Anything that doesn't require uh, sort of the flow state or concentrated work. Um, so it, it tends to be very sort of haphazard and chip chop. I've become better at following my schedule in the afternoon because I'm sort of better at scheduling my day in general and keeping it updated. But it's rare that I would do something really outstanding in the afternoon and say, oh man, that was the best part of the day. That's usually not going to happen. Just it, 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 I'm tired and, and there's usually some disruptions that by the end of the day, I'm at least somewhat off kilter, whereas in the morning I'm, I'm more in control. And then I stop working at about six on the average day, I rarely go past, rarely go past six. So that's my average day, I'd say, my routine. For, for me, what, what it sounds like, you know, good advice for listeners is that those who do, you know, start their day really strong and early, more systems, more uh, ways in which to benefit your future self in the day is going to be helpful to you, right? The more structure as you lose 
capacities and your energy, you know, just basically energy for the day, you need to make sure that you have kind of things put into place so that you can have a well-worn path in that routine. You probably know about decision fatigue. Yeah. So when you set up a, a plan for the day, the theory is that you're, you're doing your heaviest planning when you have the most bandwidth, if you're a morning person. I guess if you're, an, if you're a night owl kind of person, an evening person, you might do it before going to bed because you probably have the energy at 11, 12 o'clock and you plan the, 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 the next day at that point. But anyway, the idea is that you match your best energy and your highest creativity with the hardest task of planning the day so that when you get to the afternoon, in my case, I don't have to do a lot of choosing or a lot of selecting or a lot of heavy lifting to decide what to work on next. My what I, what I call in my, my training and my book, switching. My switching occurs in the afternoon in a more sort of um, planned way, I would say. I, there's certain items I won't try to do. I won't try to start writing an article in the afternoon. I usually don't edit one either. Um, I may do research. So certain activities are strictly prohibited from the morning and they're only done in the afternoon. So that's, that's you're absolutely right. Taking away the choice Making a choice at three thirty after a tough, after a not tough but a long day is like the hardest thing to do. So you want to take away the choice if you can, the need to choose. So let's switch gears to you, Augusto. Augusto, what's your evening routine, and how does that contrast with your morning routine? Since you didn't have a chance to talk about it, my my morning routine is super structured. Okay, I tend to write on the journal. I tend to tend to write on, on my journal. I tend to re- review my goals, and I do that every morning. And, and the reason I do that every morning is because allow me to set the direction. You know, it is, as, as Francis was saying, at that time, I tend to have the, the, the strongest wheel, and as the day progresses, that tends to go downhill. So reviewing the direction that I'm taking in the morning allow me to make better calls and better decisions as the day progress. So for that reason, I check them daily. So that's part of my, I get quiet time, I get uh, prayer time. Those are things that are part of, of my morning routine, but it's pretty strict and pretty rigid, if you may. Okay. I need that that time of reflection, of making sure things uh, that I'm preparing for the day. After that's up, then I go to, to work and, and to do things. Then I start interacting with, with the world. I usually do not interact with the world until I have that morning checkup routine done. On my night routine, it usually happens, uh, I have kids, I so it's usually after kids are to bed, it basically goes into closure the day. So I go and again review my goals. Why? Well, because it, I like to go and shut down with the idea of knowing where I'm trying to go. So that's that's the second thing I do. And then I try to look at that time, I am that, you know, that that late guy. So for many, many years, I, I used to joke that I belong to the Owl Club. Okay. And I was a guy who stayed up until really late. And at some point, I discovered that if instead of staying until really late, I go to bed early and 
wake up earlier than everybody and get that quiet time. So I tried to wake up around 4.30 in the morning. What was going to do is I was going to be able to do on that hour and a half before the world is up and before the people is interacting. In many cases, I'm able to accomplish more than what I can accomplish on the next four. So because of that, I try to get into that early time and do only super high impact things, okay? That's not the time to check Facebook. That's not the time to, that's the time of doing tasks that are high impact tasks. And then, but I plan them at night before before I go to bed. You know, I don't negotiate with myself my wake up time in the morning. I do that at night. At night, I am a pretty reasonable guy at, at in the morning when the alarm sound, I am not. Therefore, I do my best to plan that time of what time I'm going to wake up and what is what I'm going to do at night and not in the morning when I wake up. Great, great. And can you can you talk a little bit about the the tools you use to be, to help you be in control of your evening routine? Any kinds of analog or physical? Are you more using paper and pen in the evenings? Or do you feel like you're better off uh, sticking to your phone? Do you turn off your phones at a particular time? Do you have a, a, a sense of what needs to and does not need to be used in terms of tools as you make your way through your evening? I'm going to say I always like the, the idea of handwriting stuff, but I don't have the patience to carry notebooks with me. Since Apple was kind enough to release a tool that you can actually handwrite on the screen, that is, has been the, the pencil, then what's happening is my all that writing of the goals and all that happen with the pencil on the iPad. And that is really fantastic. Before that, it was not really great and it wasn't really happening that effectively. So I use an application called GoodNotes and that keep all the tracks. I can create custom paper. So I have an, my own custom paper that goes back, that tied up to a project that will be released later this year. And, and that's what I use for for that. I have a checklist that I that I check, okay, that has all these goals written down and I use that every day. So I make sure that I'm checking all of them and, and dots on the I where they need to be and crossing the T's that need to be crossed. But it's a really simple process for me. It is nothing nothing complicated uh, and I try to keep it as simple as I humanly can, especially for a complicated guy. But I try to keep it simple. It's just I do the handwriting exercise mostly because I understand the importance of handwriting stuff. I was never that great on paper because I dislike carrying paper. You know, I so now that I can really do it well on the iPad, that's my tool of choice. Staying on calendar. As I think I mentioned in, in the prior podcast, it's a very big deal for me. It's one of the skills I'm developing. It's, it's simply just that uh, the idea that when I create the calendar in the morning, that I actually follow the calendar throughout the day. Or if I make a change, I make the change before I change my action, the planned action. So I have a couple of supports. One is, um, let's see what this program is called. It's a reminder program linked to my Google Calendar, Checker Plus. Is what, it, is what it's called. Took me a while to find, to be honest. Um, I was looking for a reminder program, something that would pop up on my laptop and remind me when a new task was meant to start or when a new part of my calendar was to kick in. 
it echoes on my phone as well um, as a reminder. And I use Audible and uh, Kinesthetic, sort of the you know the the haptic reminders. And I also use an app called Remember Remember Me, I think it's called, or Remind Me. And what it does is it it's a, I use it as a a tracking tool to play different kinds of games. Remind Me Pro is what it's called. And it, it, it pops up with a random reminder at different points during the day. I'm not playing the game at the moment because I just got a new smartphone. I haven't quite figured out the new game to play. But usually I have between five or six random check-ins. And the when it pops up, it asks me, am I currently following my calendar? And I respond yes or no. And it tracks my responses throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, so that I can tell how often I'm how often I'm on calendar or not based on this random sort of request from this app. So it serves two purposes. One is that it allows me to play this game, which has helped me to improve my planning and my sort of awareness so that when I decide to change my plan at three o'clock, that I actually make an entry in my calendar. That, as you can imagine, helps with my time tracking because I do track all of my time um, using... Uh, manic time and active track uh, active track is a, a passive screenshot collector it does other things too but that's what i use it for um and between the two of them i i, I oh and the, the third thing i just implemented because sometimes i'm away from my computer is an 820 recap of the day so i make a little sound file about 30 seconds to a minute oh here's the things that i did today uh, what I was finding is that when I'd go back to manic time, if too much time had passed, I wouldn't quite remember, why did I do this in that day? I wasn't on the laptop, so I can't record what my screens were doing. But what happened to the whole afternoon? What, what, what in the world was I doing? And I don't see any indication in my calendar. So the, you playing this game using Remind Me Pro, um, using Active Track, um, just capturing this, this summary of the day, this audible summary, helps me to do better time tracking. Um, which is a big part of what what I do. Um, so I'm a I'm a I'm a very sort of alarm driven kind of person. I wish there were better alarms that I could implement. The alarms that come with the my smartphone aren't really meant for the purpose I'm using them for. So they don't re- really work all that well. But uh, you know I'm I'm always looking for improvements and better alarms to use, better notifications. I also rely heavily on alarms, and what I have discovered since I got the Apple Watch is that I have those alarms now on the Apple Watch, that many of them are a lot more effective than what they were and a lot better than what they were on on their on their phone. It seems to be or it seems to work in a more and more effective way. So I don't know, Francis, if you have tried uh, kind of on a smart watch or a watch that you can put the uh, the alarms that way on the wrist instead of the phone. The other thing I discover is I know when the alarm comes, but then nobody else knows. So uh, in the case of my wife who gets, you know, frustrated with me having so many things that are tracking alarms and all that, that works really, really well for both because then she don't get frustrated about it. Yeah, I think I would try it. Um, I I haven't, haven't actually tried it. But I think I would. I think I think it would. It'd be better to have the alarm on the wrist than in the pocket. So I, I, I'm, I, I could imagine. So I think 
I think our, our listeners should definitely definitely try that out. I know that I've benefited from that. I have I have a, a Wear OS and, uh, watch myself, um, the the Huawei original uh, smartwatch, and it is fantastic for being able to silence. So there's a setting in it. And there may be the same thing on the on the Apple Watch, but there's a setting that basically says when I'm connected to my phone, then mute all the notifications on the phone itself and provide those to the watch. And so on the watch, I have the notifications set to vibrate. So now instead of audible tones, I'm just getting a, a little buzz on my wrist and that's alerting me as opposed to being you know, the, the reflex action, which is to hear a sound and, you know, Pavlovian, you know, jumping to it. It's like, okay, there's a, there's a buzz. I can either choose to look at the screen or not, but it's not, it's not as distracting for me. And certainly it's not making a sound that's going to bother others around me, especially if I'm, you know, at work and giving a workshop or seminar or whatever. I'm, I'm usually tracking my time for different portions of the of a of a workshop especially on my watch so that I don't have to have my phone in hand which is you know somewhat disruptive to people who you know if I'm on if I'm up in front of people so the watch is extremely helpful for so many different things that I know it's not smartwatches are not for everybody but being a watch wearer in the first place the smartwatch was a natural extension and it certainly helps to have those kinds of alarms right there on you. So I, I appreciate that, Augusto. And Francis, you might want to check that out. <laughs> In terms of my evening routine, I am fairly just as structured as my my day routine. As, as I probably mentioned in the last episode, my morning routine transitions into a pseudo blend on some of the work of Peter Bregman and his 18 minutes, and I'll put a link to that book in the show notes. Uh, but in essence, you know, the idea of checking in uh, frequently throughout the day to kind of know where you are. And I recommend this usually to folks to try at for some limited period of time, not necessarily to the extent that I do it. I, I do it for other purposes, but I, I certainly think this is helpful. And this is what, what I do. So throughout the day, at every 25 and 55 before the half hour and hour, I am tracking what I have done in the past half hour and what I plan to do in the next half hour. Now, of course, there are exceptions to this rule, which is if I'm in meetings, if I'm engrossed in a specific project or working on something that is going to traverse multiple hours, I'm not going to stop my flow, right, being in the zone for purposes of tracking. In my case, I have an accountability partner who I message back and forth, and and the idea is to track what it is that you are doing throughout the day, and if they are the things you, one, forecasted that you were going to do, and are they the things that you want, should, and could do uh, productively throughout the day? For me, it provides a really strong and quick feedback loop for being productive throughout the day. I believe that you should spend probably a week or two, even if it's not with another person, just kind of tracking. I think it's really helpful to, to be accountable to somebody else by you know using a messaging app or tracking it in an Excel spreadsheet or Google Sheets workbook that you have uh, shared with someone else. And this will allow you to go ahead and have a 
a running list of what did you what you did and you can be as detailed or as you know uh, broad as you want to be you know categorical i did i did work uh, i relaxed i whatever uh, or you can write down explicitly what you what you did for confidentiality purposes or privacy purposes you may not want to share with someone else exactly what you did but you can you can give some broad categories and that way you can then track more granularly and more more privately in your own private document and that way over the course of probably two weeks, you've gotten enough data to know where the ebbs and flows of your day are. And that leads me to my evening routine. So I have kind of a flow chart in my mind. And it ba- it's based on the context, right? Am I on, am I on work travel? Or am I on, at home? And if I'm on work travel, that flow chart tells me if I've been on my feet all day at a seminar or a workshop, versus just in client meetings all day on work travel, because both of those things happen, then I have two different flows in terms of how the rest of my day should go, right? I need to be concerned about my back and um, resting muscles and all those other things, and, uh, and then preparing for the next day. So all of my evening routine is really designed around those, those fundamental pieces. Then if I'm quote unquote home, and I'm coming home from work, then my routine is going to be different, because there was probably a, a very different way that my my day went. And so I tend to think about that from a high stress or low stress day. So if I had a high stress day, both categorical, good stress, bad stress kind of thing, or just volume of stress, then I think about doing something different than if I had a low stress day. If I have a low stress day, then I can actually do more in the evenings because I feel like that ego depletion, what what Francis was talking about earlier regarding uh, willpower, you can read about it in Willpower by Dr. Baumeister, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. But the idea is, is that as your willpower depletes, you then have less of that energy later on. And there's some there's some science and research out there to conflict with that. So so don't don't think that you can't summon willpower, certainly in different environments and different contexts, even after you've experienced ego depletion throughout the day. So, but the, the point is, is that when I have a high stress day, I, I tend to try to take care of myself a little bit more on those evenings. And so I will actually not f- uh, pre-flight my evening at that point with high activity. I'll actually reduce that and say, do what Francis is talking about, which is maybe having some option of entertainment I'm a heavy reader, so I consider that a high-level activity because when I'm reading, I'm taking notes, and I'm very involved in the the reading activity. So reading is not necessarily a, a always a leisure activity for me. Also recognize that, that some people um, will think about something that is leisure activity for one person and is not a leisure activity for another. So be very aware of, of how you perceive something, not just because one of us here on the Productivity Cast team thinks that it's relaxing to go for a run, uh, that it needs to be relaxing for you. Some of the some of the more granular pieces, though, of my day are always strict. I have, you know, about 10, 30, 11 p.m. bedtime. I always attempt to wind down both the the speed at which I'm doing things as well as the 
the activity, you know, the brain activity necessary to do these things. I don't have a problem with falling asleep generally. So unlike some people, I don't use blue blockers or other kinds of mechanisms like turning off the television two hours before bed or, or, or things of that nature, or screen time, basically any of your screens. So I just don't have that. I put my head on the, on the pillow and I'm out. For those of you who do have issues, you may want to look at something that can block blue light. Uh, that's a natural uh, intervention. It's better than using melatonin or other kinds of drugs. I'm not a medical doctor, but my understanding from from my reading on the topic is that most people overdose on on melatonin all the time, and it's not particularly good for you. That's that's pretty much it. I I live and die by both my calendar and remember the milk, and so I'm always looking at my evening at the end of my day, the kind of the last things I'm doing is looking at the next day and what needs to be done and and attempting to make any adjustments that I want in my personal day. I will usually not make adjustments in my professional day until morning. And so it's just my, my personal day. I know that I have some things I can move around usually in the morning hours. And then if anything in the evening, the following day needs to be adjusted, I can do that as well. But that's all usually done right there at the end of the evening. I wanted to cover uh, two different articles I had come across in research for this episode. And the, uh, the, the first article is on medium and it was written by the mission and so again there's a link to this in the show notes so if you if we if you go over there you'll find a link to this but it is and it says 10 evening routines that will make you productive at work and what this author does is walks you through 10 different strategies for uh able to uh, build a, an evening routine. I don't particularly think these are 10 individual routines more so than they are 10 uh, ways in which you can improve your routine. But I wanted to go over them because I think they're good tenets generally. So, uh, and then the, the next article is uh, is sort of, sort of a different flair, but I also like the simplicity of it. But these are the 10 points that this uh, author, this uh, blogger, uh, notes. So 10 evening routines to make you productive. And then it says preparing the night before will save you from unnecessary stress that busy morning gives or busy mornings give. And, uh, and so avoid ra randomness, eliminate negativity, do what you love, plan the next day, read your goals, reflect and or pray, uh, set things out for tomorrow have family time, it says say personal conviction, and then unleash your imagination. So I, I like the idea of, of some of these being moved, you know, into your evening hours, especially since well, we know that when, when we feel low cognitive energy, that's actually a very creative time for us. So we are capable of doing more um, creative stuff. So this is where like avoid randomness is actually like in 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 contradiction to the idea of uh, being using our imagination and being creative because to some extent you know cr creativity is is that chaotic part of our our being, uh, but it's also pattern recognition. So you know while things may seem chaotic on the outside, uh, they may not be you know underneath the hood. But anyway, the, the point is, is that it, it, I think it's a good article to kind of get you uh, thinking about 
uh, the various aspects of it. But I certainly like the idea of eliminating negativity, uh, doing things that you enjoy doing in the evenings, uh, if that's your personal time, and uh, and planning the next day and putting things out for the next day because you really save yourself a lot of effort if you can set yourself up for the following day. Yeah, I, I can echo that. I, I've heard, I've read some similar research around creativity. And I, in, in my mind, I kind of have this, I guess a routine, I don't know if it's a routine, but I, I kind of had this principle based on what I've read and what I've experienced, which is that you, you need to, you need to sort of have high energy to, to, to lay foundation research. So I, 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 I may read, for example, academic journals, which, and they take a, a great deal of effort to, to properly digest it. You can skim one and get an idea of what it's saying, but to, to really use it in something else, you've got to go deeper and you know, actually look at what they did and understand strange lingo and do all this kind of thing. That takes all that morning time. And if I've read three journal articles and found four people who have done some, you know, sort of popular reviews on the article and the idea and picked up a podcast along the way or something like that. But I might do that kind of broad investigation of a particular topic. That happens for me sort of in the more in the morning than any other time. I listen to podcasts, by the way, while I'm walking or running and sometimes cycling, but mostly walking, running. However, what you said is correct, and what the article said is true in my experience, which is that when you're when you're the way I heard it is that when you're in this sort of nonlinear, relaxed brain, not making lots of effort kind of mode, your your brain breaks out of this sort of linear step by step pattern that I described uh, earlier in terms of what's happening in the morning. And it allows the brain to sort of roam free. And it's in the roaming free that the best ideas come. And that tends to happen between six and nine or sometime in the evening. However, the, the, you can't quite program them and plan them. I can't. I don't know how to do, you know, program that kind of serendipitous insight. I know I need to do the background because without the background stuff, I can't have that kind of leap of logic or that creative burst. But I need to sort of not exhaust myself totally because it doesn't happen then. Then I'm too tired to have it happen. So I sort of need to create time in the evening where I'm not too tired, but I'm just tired enough to break out of sort of the regular way of thinking. And then I can get hit by an idea. And I know it happens. I, I, like I said, I can't quite program it, but I can at least allow for it on a regular basis if I sort of create the conditions for it. And then maybe 10% of the time, I'll actually have something, you know, like a, a, a nice insight that I've never had before. So I, I, I think it, there's, some, there's some validity to it in my experience. Yeah, and I think we could have a whole topic on productivity techniques for being more creative and unleashing, unleashing innovative ideas. The, the other article that I found was... Uh, was called the four step journey to a productive evening and i there's a there's a matching youtube video that's actually embedded in the article so you can check that out in the show notes and click on it and watch the video as well but the 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 reason i i found this article to be helpful was in the sense that it has four fundamental and fairly easy ways in which you can kind of structure your evening skills uh, one is to stop consumption in essence, uh, eating, drinking, 
uh, as well as, you know, taking in, uh, you know, things other than say water, uh, so that your body can, your, your metabolism can lower and get itself ready for, for, for sleep, right? So if, when you eat your metabolism, um, increases and therefore when your metabolism increases, so does your brain activity. Um, and so that doesn't obviously help you if you're trying to, uh, get yourself into a sleep state, uh, two, he, uh, so stop consumption is number one. Number two is review your day. Uh, and so the the author and, and uh, YouTuber talks about the idea of reviewing your current day and kind of looking at what happened today and what you could learn from that experience. Uh, third, he talks about defining the outcomes for your next day. He, he says to choose one to two, and I couldn't disagree with that, but um, you know everybody is different. So he says number three is to define your one to two outcomes for the next day. And then four is the habit of relaxation. And this is the part that I really enjoy about uh, this concept is that uh, figuring out how to really, uh, you know, routinize, you know, make a routine of the idea of relaxing and having off time. And I think this is something that those of us who are in the personal productivity space and very uh, focused on our own productive output can sometimes get caught up in the idea that we have to be productive all the time and that uh, relaxing is actually a form of productive output. How you relax is very different for everyone else, right? Somebody might look like a little bee buzzing around, always doing something, and that's relaxing to them. And for other people, that's, you know, sitting down and in quiet contemplation, uh, you know, in quiet repose. Uh, we all are so different when it comes to those things. Just make sure you're not doing some kind of productive relaxation that is not you, not truly relaxing to you, right? You need to make sure that you're genuinely approaching relaxation for what's going to recharge you. I, I tend to think about it from a rejuvenation perspective. What's going to recharge your batteries mentally, emotionally, spiritually for the coming day, week, or otherwise? I do the very same thing. I, I schedule in buffer times throughout the day, especially in the afternoon when, I, you know, when I'm in that sort of lazy phase. But it prevents me from overscheduling myself to do programmed activity. And I think I, I, I used to do, I, I mentioned before, I used to do lots of triathlon races. And when I was into heavy training, relaxing and recovering from the training was a sort of very important thing to learn. You, 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 you needed to give your body time to consolidate the gains from the training. And I think the same thing happens in our regular work is that you need to program in time to not do anything. Um, I read somewhere that your, your body actually, your body, your physical body only needs about an hour of relaxation per night in order to rejuvenate itself. What sleep is for is for the brain, is what I heard. The brain needs the six, seven, eight hours of, of sleep in order to regenerate itself. And I think that's true during the day as well. It's the physical body might not need to stop going, but your mental brain, in order to be fresh for the next sort of sprint or the next episode of the flow state or deep work or what have you, so I, I, I program that right in. I, I, schedule, I schedule that time. I think between five and six every evening, I have a, a, a buffer set in to not try to schedule time into that if I can, if I can help it. 
Yeah, your brain is doing most of its work to actually write to memory things that you have learned throughout the day. And if you don't give it that time in in sleep hours, it is certainly a detriment to you. The most important thing to remember on these routines, even the morning or the evening routine, is the, the consistency of it. Because there, there is something big to say when you start doing this in a consistent way. Even if your routine begins as not enough, if you do that not enough in a consistent way, you will be able to identify what needs to be added or removed for the, for the routine. And what that will allow you to do is to establish a much easier way to start and begin the day that is going to reap benefits really, really quick. But the key part in there is the consistency. You know, I've seen people understand or, or listening about the, the, the routines and saying, well, I tried it for two days and I skipped three days. No, no, no. In order for this to work, you need to do it every day for it really get you the benefits that you're looking for. There's a, a, a sort of a strong message here around triggering some certain behaviors in the afternoon and the, the setting these triggers up. So I mentioned that the alarm is one trigger and it, research says that, that alarms may work for a while, but you really want to convert them into intrinsic triggers, which are much harder to sort of put in place. These are the ones that don't rely on external mechanisms, but are triggered by something inside of you, like feeling tired, for example, is a trigger for taking a nap. Um, but paying attention to the internal triggers and setting these up. But uh, uh, be, sort of being smart in today's world is managing all these triggers, knowing what sets them off, uh, knowing, for example, that if you change office locations, that all of the triggers that were present in the old location, um, even something as simple as where the sun is and and where it hits the building, how it comes in the window, and it used to trigger your preparation to to relax for 10 minutes. And when you change offices and that trigger is no longer there, all of a sudden you, you're no longer relaxing the way you should. But being very conscious of these triggers and, and how they set off your routine morning and afternoon is a critical part of, of being productive in today's world and staying focused and getting enough rest and being able to do enough deep work. There's just no way to be effective without having these prompts in your environment. If you can hire a secretary, you know, do so because they're, they boost productivity, uh, according to lots of research, tremendously if they're effective. Most of us don't have that option. So it's, it's left to our own devices to set up these triggers that allow these habits and routines to sort of kick off in the first place. So that's a sort of a, a skill in and of itself. And it's a so I think it's a relatively new skill. Most people aren't really strong at it. Especially with uh, the advent of virtual assistants today, I think it's really important for people to take advantage of the uh, ability to access people who can who can help you uh, in 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 that ways. Especially you know if you can one if you can afford it, but also two if you can manifest the required delegation skills. And recognizing that you can you can relinquish control over some of these things that are either mundane or are sapping your energy, but also these, this idea of, of what Francis is talking about in terms of triggers. 
thank you so much, gentlemen. This has been a fantastic discussion, and we're going to we're going to close out uh, with just a couple of, of announcements. If you have a question or a comment about this episode, feel free to comment on the on the show notes. If you go to productivitycast.net, you can leave a comment or question. One of us will be glad to respond. Also, if here you can find the show notes, so links to anything that we discussed throughout the episode, as we mentioned, will be there in the show notes section of the of the page, and you can learn how to subscribe if you're not a subscriber to the podcast already. If you have a, a question and you want to send us a, a, a private message, you can visit productivitycast.net forward slash contact, fill out the form, or record audio recorded message directly live on the website through your camera or your phone's microphone and leave us a voicemail message. Thanks to Augusto and Francis for joining me here on this cast. And if you could, please leave a rating or review on iTunes, uh, Google Play, or Stitcher, or wherever else you're listening to the podcast. Just generally for kudos, we like to we like to know we're doing uh, well by you. And also to help us grow our personal productivity listening community. And so thank you. Uh, that brings us to the close of this episode of Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity. Thank you. That's it for this Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity, with your hosts, Ray Sidney Smith and Augusto Pinaud, with Francis Wade and Art Gelwicks.